0: You're listening to Search. I'm Crystal and my name is Dustin. We're two friends taking space and making space for other Filipinos to share their stories and insights.
1: Join us as we talk to folks in the community to discover how they became trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses.
0: Hey, Dustin! Hey, everybody! <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so right now it is just after the election.
0: <laughs> mm. Shout outs to all to all the poll workers, everyone who is you know is trying to. Wrap up this election. This doesn't look like an easy job, and it looks... Mm -mm. It looks tedious. It looks...
1: These people are staying up all night. Mm -hmm.
0: Props to you all, and... And thank you. And thank you. If I could give each and every one of you a socially distanced hug, I would. And because we are pretty much socially distanced, then I'm giving you a socially distanced hug via podcast medium.
1: Yeah, this is a virtual hug.
0: A virtual hug.
1: A vatu- a virtual hug. Uh,
0: uh, <laughs> Just like
1: that. We're giving you a virtual hug. Uh,
0: a v- you know, it's it's the, the, the voice texture that you're using that is killing me. A virtual hug. It's kind of behind the soft
1: palate. Uh, a v-
0: shout out to glenn clancy i think it's just it's also (laughs) fatuo oh man my blue light glasses are getting really foggy right now (laughs) this
1: is my audition to be a voice actor so um clearly give me the jobs
0: i don't know why you haven't been found you know?
1: Because they're not looking.
0: They're not looking in the right places.
1: Clearly, they haven't <laughs> been listening to this podcast.
0: Everyone needs to start paying attention to Dustin Domingo. Clearly.
1: <laughs> okay, oh, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, 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 <laughs> okay. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm here for it. Let's get back on task. Mm-hmm, hmm So, the last time that we talked... Mm-hmm. You made a promise to me that you were going to watch an episode of a BL series. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have an update? I sure do. (gasps) Really? What did you watch?
0: I watched Hello, Stranger because Patty told me to start with Hello, Stranger.
1: Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many episodes have you watched?
0: Two? uh, Two.
1: Two. The first two? Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Very sweet. I love the whole, like nerd and jock situation happening <laughs> I will take I will take the nerd and jock trope uh in this landscape because you know he's they're becoming so much more vulnerable with one another in this little journey of theirs slowly but surely I've been enjoying it and I can't wait to finish it up I don't know how many episodes there are but
1: I think there're 8 it's a quick watch yeah, I'm glad you liked it, or I'm glad that you're liking it so far
0: i'll have an uh, I'll have another update uh in our next meeting
1: okay, yeah, let me know
0: yeah so I've been thinking a lot about the upcoming holidays, Thanksgiving and whatnot I don't know if i'm 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 particularly going to involve myself in the specific holiday the way that I traditionally used to for the last I don't know, f- f- 20 years. Oh, my gosh. No, 19 years I've been cooking Thanksgiving dinner on my own.
1: <gasps> really? With
0: exception to the last maybe 10 years that Patty's been my sous chef. And Richie for like maybe like the last. Uh, I can't even count the years. Okay. But Patrick's been there helping me cook since we became friends in college. And then uh, when uh, him and Richie got together, um, it's been the three of us cooking Thanksgiving Dinner together, but I have been reflecting upon, of course, the the inception of this holiday, and I think I'm trying to change it a little bit, and I just want it to be a, yeah, just like a day of friends and family, and not giving it that name. Um, and I probably will not celebrate on the Thursday, but on the Friday, because I don't know, just just little things, just trying to make it a little bit more nuanced um, mm-hmm. that isn't oppressive. But yeah, yeah, definitely a day of want it to be a day of thanks and in a time where it's feeling a little dreary. Um let's let's count all our blessings. So Dustin, I have a question for you, sir. Today,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what
0: are some things you're thankful for?
1: I am thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my friends and family. Mm. I'm thankful for my partner and my dogs. I'm thankful for you in this podcast. Aww. I'm thankful for being employed. Um, I'm thankful for my boss for keeping me employed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are an asset, boo. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks.
1: Yeah. What about you? What are you thankful for?
0: Oh, <sighs> Let's see where to begin. I'm I'm thankful for my husband, Michael. I'm thankful that we have a roof over our head.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm thankful for everyone getting out there in our country, you know, trying to make some change. I'm grateful for their ferocity and their courageousness. I'm grateful for this podcast and for you as well. Um I'm grateful for my journey as an actor that maybe later in, a, in another episode I'll talk about, but let's just keep it up there.
1: Stay tuned, everyone. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Stay <laughs> tuned. If only you all could see the faces I'm making <laughs> <laughs> to it's... go with this voice. <laughs> I'm telling you, hire me. <laughs>
0: I'm telling you all, hire him. He is a gem, okay? Oh, my God. That's
1: funny. That's so funny.
0: <laughs> um, I'm thankful for delicious food, specifically mm. all the wonderful um, restaurants that are around um, our area and all the chefs that are so kind to us every time we order food from them. What else am I thankful for? I'm thankful for my, my job and my work and my students whom I love. Um, you know, they really like, especially the last, you know, few weeks, they've been really bringing a lot of joy to me in my, in my classes. So. Hmm. Um, shout out to my students I don't know if they'll listen it's not like I'm telling them to listen to my podcast (laughs) (laughs) if any of
1: your students happen to come across this podcast shout outs to them
0: yeah I love you all very much Um,
1: not enough to inform them that you're a
0: podcast host I'm just kidding ooh secrets you don't know who I really am
1: (laughs) she's full of lies and (laughs) deceit (laughs)
0: <laughs> get out of here we don't want you here you liar
1: she's a liar and a cheat
0: i can't this has been a funny ass morning i know jeez louise <laughs> um yeah my students don't hear me cuss so if you are listening miss crystal does cuss okay
1: we're human being we're multi-dimensional human beings
0: yeah i'm a multi-dimensional person
1: Speaking of multidimensional people...
0: (gasps) Yes! What a segue!
1: Today we're talking to Grayson Villanueva, who is making a name for himself in the music industry, specifically behind the scenes, as a multidimensional asset
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) to the
1: industry of acapella music.
0: Yes! And aside from being a musical artist himself, we were able to learn more about his work as an acapella music arranger audio engineer, video producer, and social justice advocate. What a star, okay? Some of his most recent work um, has been with Warner Records and AkaPop Kids, and he has been editing videos that are currently getting millions of views.
1: Millions. We're so proud of you, Grayson. (laughs) We're
0: so proud of you. No, for real though, Grayson, you're a freaking rock star, man. Like for reals. Let's get into this episode. Let's get into this episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, welcome, Grayson Villanueva. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is so much. Grayson and I go way back. And I think Grayson and Crystal go even further back. <laughs> Grayson and I used to be, I don't want to say used to because we're having a comeback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we sing in an acapella group together. And then Grayson and Crystal, did you guys meet through Glenn?
2: <laughs> yeah, I started, uh, I started taking lessons with Glenn. And I feel like that's where I maybe met you.
1: Yeah. Glenn Clancy shout out. Yeah. We interviewed him as well. Oh. What up? Nice. Yeah. Glenn Clancy is going to be on the podcast. Perfect. He's amazing. Yeah.
0: Hold on a second. There is going to be a 44B uh, comeback. Secret. <laughs> Don't play with my heart.
2: <laughs> We're working on some stuff.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. So Grayson, you are a wizard of the a cappella variety. <laughs> Can you tell us about your wizardry?
2: Sure, <laughs> um, wizardry. <laughs> so, what do you do? What is it, what what is it that you do? Yeah, yeah, acapella wizardry. I do acapella. That's the short version. <laughs> the long version is that I do a lot of different things in the genre. I sing. I beatbox. Um, I also do some vocal arranging as well as. Uh, vocal production, or audio engineering, and some video production as well.
0: A man of many hats. (laughs) A wizard of many hats.
2: (laughs) So when did you
1: know that you wanted to make acapella kind of your thing, your bread and butter these days?
2: My thing? Well, I first started doing acapella in college, and that's typically the story of most people, except I started in my last year of college. So I only had one year to have that experience and in that one year I did acapella with a already established group called Circle of Fifths. it was an all-male acapella group and then simultaneously I started another group called Uniting Voices and actually Glenn Clancy he was the one that told me about the group and how it existed in the past it was founded in like 1995 um, and it had gone through many transitions it had started as a choir and then it turned into a gospel choir and then it was just vocal music and then it eventually kind of died out but I decided to bring it back um, because I wanted to have a community of singers that wanted to not only sing together but also improve on technique performance that sort of thing and kind of have that community but yeah like that one year I kind of just like plugged myself in and was like let me learn about everything, harmony, like arranging, everything like that. And I just fell in love with vocal music. And it was so much more fun singing with other people than just like, well, what I was doing before was doing a lot of like, you know, singing by myself in my room, in my feels. So yeah, that's kind of how I got my feet wet <laughs> with with acapella.
1: And this is, this was at UC Irvine?
2: Yeah, this was at UC Irvine. Um, yeah. And, um, I think after that I, I I knew that like I wanted to continue doing a cappella in, you know, post collegiate world and I didn't really know what that was gonna look like. It wasn't like I was diving in thinking, Oh, I really wanna work in this niche and like, you know, really pursue this professionally, but I really wanted to make music and make music with friends. The thing that I fell in love with the most was, you know, vocal music, so I wanted to try that again and that's when I decided, okay let's start another group. And this group was called 44B. Dustin, that's the group that we were in. <laughs> yeah. Shout outs. Shout outs to 44B. Shout out 44B. Um, but yeah, I, um, I started it and uh, most of the members came from Uniting Voices, uh, at least the original members. Um, and we started to make strides early on as a group. We competed in a competition called Harmony Sweepstakes, which was the inspiration for the televised version called the sing-off um and we won in la and we went to nationals i won an award for um best original arrangement and we also did a couple of other competitions as well and because a lot of us were filipino we we also competed in collaboration uh so in 2014 we were finalists at collaboration and I think at that point, we had decided, like, I think this is something that we all kind of want to pursue professionally. So we started making more music together, started doing more professional gigs, and also recording a couple of EPs. And then after that, I wanted to kind of dive in more into, like, the the mainstream music industry. I didn't really know how I could do it, but there was a post on one of the Facebook groups um, from someone that I knew from the acapella community. His name is Rene Renee Ruiz. And he said, Hey, there are these people from Florida. They're looking to kind of set roots out in LA for some vocal talent. They're hiring for some theme parks, um, you know, to just have performances. And I said, Okay, this sounds like something that I could potentially do. So I went in and I auditioned, and they really liked me. I think part of Um, what got me the part in the audition was the fact that I could do multiple things in acapella like I mentioned being able to sing a beatbox I think was a strong point because it allowed me to be able to fit whatever their arrangement needed whether they needed a beatboxer or you know a singing tenor Um, that's kind of what I was able to push myself as so yeah I um, got started working there and then um, that opened up a lot of doors with, with a lot of different um, types of people and artists. I actually started doing video production um, with some of these artists that I knew because I, I noticed that there was a need for it. There were so many people who were looking for visuals for their own work um, outside of, you know, us being like coworkers or peers. They were just looking for something to help promote their material. And so that's when I started really kind of diving in and and like learning how to do that stuff so that I could provide that for them and I think what makes me unique as a video editor and a video producer is that I do have that knowledge of being a musician because any video editor can do what I do except I actually do have a background in music and and singing and so that's kind of what sets me apart when it comes to working with some of my peers on their visuals.
1: The audition that you were referring to where you fit many hats, was that the Universal Studios audition?
2: Yeah, so that was um, that was the audition for U- Universal Studios, and they were looking for younger-looking guys for a Grinchmas boy band. And so that was basically like like on the Grinch. Or is it called the Grinch? The movie is called The Grinch, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. is it The Grinch yeah. Who Stole Christmas? One of those. Anyway, on the Grinch. <laughs> um, you know, they have these people that are called the Who's, and they have like, you know, their noses and stuff. And so they were looking for um, people, it was like a show called The Grinchmas Boy Band or the Whoville Five. And so it was like a boy band show and it was these like um, superstars who performed every day during the Christmas season. Um, So they were looking for that. They were looking for singers and beatboxers. So I kind of um, fit that space. I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. How fun.
1: I was also there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I auditioned. I did not get the job. <laughs> you did really well though. You got a call thank back. Thank you. I did, but it didn't it didn't go well <laughs> in the in the very end. But um what I will say though is that we were among some really, really talented mm. musicians, but I'm not surprised that you got the job. Oh, not at thank all.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, everyone is really good. It's it's really um it's really competitive. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: And I didn't know that, that the job required prosthetics. And then I remember reading the application and they asked, do you feel comfortable wearing a fake
2: nose or something yeah, like that? It's and I was like, like, on what, there? The, what the heck is this
1: job? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird because it's so hard to sing in it too. Like it, it takes about an hour to get into the nose and then um, huh. you have to keep it on the whole day so it's Christmas season. So if you are sick, well, guess what? You are stuck with the nose the whole day. And like, oh, there are my. some like horror stories that I will not mention on this podcast. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's definitely a challenging thing to do. Like just imagine singing with like a mask, like a mask just over your your nose and your upper lip. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. That's tough work. Oh, what
0: a journey that yeah. is. yeah
1: so considering the fact that for a lot of filipino-american young people the creative space in terms of career is not necessarily something that's traditional Mm -hmm. it's not a traditional pathway i'm curious what your family thought of you jumping into entertainment Mm -hmm. and and music as a career
2: yeah for sure um i think for a long time my parents I'm an only child, by the way. So, um,
0: woo woo, only children. <laughs> only
2: child, uh, but yeah, <laughs> right. I, I like I didn't really have like any siblings who would who were like kind of my age. It was just my parents. Um, I don't know if that they even like still consider what I'm doing now, <laughs> my career. It's like mm. so ingrained in just mainstream society that the traditional career has to be a nine to five. Um. Mm. And that's not necessarily the case, especially when it comes to music and entertainment. A lot of it is, you know, it's based off the gig economy and being an independent contractor. But yeah, when it comes to um, my parents, they've always been supportive of my music, which I'm really thankful for. And like, as much as we butt heads about my career, I know that they always have my best interests at heart. Yeah, I think early on, my parents especially my mom was pretty resistant she would uh, you know ask me like when I would be getting a new job or like you know transitioning to not doing music and for a while it was really difficult for me to try to get her to understand like no this is what I want to do so uh, like I I would get emails for like jobs I should be applying for and they would be like jobs Mm -hmm. in like her like, work, she works at the um, Superior Court in Whittier. So she'd be like, hey, you should mm-hmm. take this government job. It has benefits and like all the things that you could think of that Filipino parents <laughs> would want for their children. But you know, I, I think at the core of it, I, I've come to understand that from their perspective, they just want me to be taken care of. And I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. And I think over time, we've been able to, or at least I've been able to get through to my parents, letting them know like, hey, this is what success looks like in my industry and it might not look like what you perceive it to be but please let me do it my own way and you know just kind of having those conversations and knowing that it's not going to be just a one and done conversation it's all it's going to be like a a process and constantly having that conversation and right now actually I talked with my parents recently and my mom was asking about my job situation and you know I let her know like oh, I'm looking for these kinds of jobs right now and she was like oh okay and I, and I didn't think much of it and then a couple of days later she sends me an, another job to apply for and I'm like oh my god here we go let me just open this up it's gonna be another like one of those court jobs or whatever and it was a video editing job and I was Aww. like oh my gosh my mom like kind of understands so nice. and I and like it wasn't a good fit, but like I, I messaged her anyway. And I, and I was like, thanks so much for sending this. And like, and like, normally I wouldn't, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just like, you know, emailed her back saying, hey, thank you for sending me this. This is not really a good fit for me. I'm kind of looking more in like this direction. And so it's a start, you know, like it's, and it's definitely not impossible. Um, even though, you know, my parents come from a different generation, like as long as you keep communicating with them, there can be an understanding and just know that it's going to like take time. <laughs>
1: That's beautiful. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Grayson, you mentioned that you work with um, acapella groups as your videographer um, and director for online content. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it like being Filipino doing this very unique work?
2: Yeah, this is an interesting question. Um, I've never really thought about, like, at least consciously thought about being Filipino while working, <laughs> while working in this industry or in this type of work. But I think I can attribute a lot of the things that I am known for from being like the product of Filipino immigrants. Like, my parents, mm-hmm. you know, came here from the Philippines and they wanted to start a better life here in America. And they, you know, had a lot of pride in working hard and being reliable. And so that's kind of a a lot of what I attribute my work ethic to, along with like my attention to detail or like being adaptable and learning whatever I need to learn in order to get the job done. And so even though I haven't thought about it specifically, like how being Filipino affects my work, I know that like the way that I live my life and also, you know, pursue my work and, and the way that I go about meeting people that all kind of ties into like my upbringing. And yeah, I, it's not something that I consciously thought about, but yeah, I definitely um, carry it with me.
1: (laughs) Are there other Filipinos doing what you do specifically in, in in terms of like video production or... Like arranging or like living in
2: the acapella space. Sure, yeah, there are, there are plenty. I mean, the Philharmonic um, is a great example of that. Um, yeah, they they are a Filipino Filipino boy band, and they um, do acapella professionally. They do gigs. They do vocal arranging. They post out tons of videos. But yeah, I um, I am a little bit more on the um, behind the scenes. I'm like a behind the scenes kind of person i like to be the person who you know is like the music director or is able to come up with ideas for other people to implement um not necessarily being the person in the spotlight on stage (laughs) um so i think that's what makes me a little bit different is that i kind of occupy a different space it's it's more so like the production post-production um area rather than being like the center of attention on stage (laughs) like the performer yeah Mm -hmm. from
1: your vantage point are there other filipinos doing production or post-production
2: um yeah i feel like um you know besides glenn clancy who we all know um Mm -hmm. yeah i've met a few but not necessarily anyone that i i would say is like a like close friend or anything yeah it's it's what's the phrase it's Is it few and far between? It's few and far between. Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: They're few and far between Filipinos doing post-production and production work on acapella projects. Yes.
2: Professionally. Exactly,
1: yes. (laughs) Got it, okay, okay.
0: If you had to pick one for the rest of your life to be behind the scenes or in front of the camera or on the stage, which would you pick?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. That's a good question because you're good at all of them.
1: (laughs) Thank you. TBH. (laughs) Um,
2: Man, if I had to choose one, Mm -hmm. like as a career or just like give it up all, like if, if I could only do the one thing, whether it's like as a professional or just for fun. Ooh.
0: Damn, you would
2: like look too deep into this question, <laughs> would you, Grayson? Well, I'm just wondering, right? Because, because, it, it, okay, because if I choose, because if just I choose kidding. singing, uh-huh. then so so here's the thing: if, if if I choose performing as the one thing that I want to keep, mm-hmm. that means that I have to rely on the thing that I love to make sure that I am sustained in my life. I have mm. to rely on it solely to be able to make money, because mm-hmm. I, because because mm-hmm. because as I see it right now, I like don't really. I don't really see myself diving into any like different industry to find work. It's definitely possible, but something that I'm working on right now is actually um, because of being in quarantine, it's forced me to look at my relationship with music mm. and it's made me realize that music, ever since you know doing it more professionally at a more consistent basis, it's, ma- it's made it so that it's only work. And I never had that balance Mm -hmm. of like, oh, like this is actually something that I still do for fun. And so what's great um, about my music relationship now is that I'm actually working on music for fun and it's really great. And so that's why this question is so hard. And it's because if I had to choose just one right now as I am living, I would probably have to choose music and and I would probably give up post-production stuff because that's kind of where I'm finding the joy now Mm -hmm. um with everything obviously i still really love (laughs) prose production and that's kind of like my safe zone but music right now is giving me a lot of joy and a lot of life um that i haven't found in a while because music was for a long time just work and there's nothing with wrong there's nothing wrong with music being you know a part of your livelihood a part of your work but when it becomes just that it can be draining and so, quarantine has kind of forced me to realize, like, hey, like, you still love music. Like, keep, keep doing it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I would say music at this point.
1: <laughs> I've always found joy doing music with you, Grayson.
2: Aw, thank you, Dustin.
0: So, sit tight. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Grayson. Woo, 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 woo. Huzzah. Ooh. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. How are you doing?
1: I am doing fantastic.
0: And can you tell me why you're why you're so fantastic right now? Well, it's because
1: I've been listening to this really cool podcast. It's called Me Search. Uh,
0: Me Search. Mmm. Tell me more. Um. You know,
1: we've well, (laughs) not not much to tell you since you've been there, but. (laughs)
0: You're listening to Me Search, a podcast featuring Phil and Perspectives. Let us know what you think. Rate us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Catch new episodes on the first and third Wednesday each month. <laughs> well, I'll have to catch it. Meaning, I'll listen to our own episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So can you talk to us a little bit about maybe challenges that you've experienced, anything that that you found particularly difficult on this journey of
2: yours? Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it is difficult because there's not a lot of examples out in mainstream media for this particular niche of the industry. So a lot of it was kind of finding everything out on my own, at least with like, you know, becoming a doctor or a lawyer, there's like a one particular path people follow. There have been other people who have taken that path and have found success. But yeah, like everything that I have done was kind of like new territory for me, particularly because I don't know if you've heard of this TED Talk, but it's called "It's Called Why Some of Us Don't Have One True Calling. And it's by Emily Wapnick. And she kind of talks about how You know, when you're growing up, you're asked the question like, oh, what do do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like, you know, it's usually to elicit like a cute response from like a kid like, oh, I want to be an astronaut or like I want to be a doctor or I want to be a lawyer. I want to be the president. But then that question slowly starts to follow you um, as you grow up. You get to high school and people are like, oh, like what college do you want to go to? What do you want to major in? And then slowly that question starts to give you At least gave me like a lot more anxiety because I knew that I was kind of wired differently. And so that TED talk kind of opened my eyes because she was able to give me a name or a label for the type of person that I am. And that is a multi potentialite, that is someone who has varying interests and wants to pursue all of that at once. And so for a very long time, I thought, you know, I like music, I like to sing. Um, oh, okay, now I like to beatbox. And it's like, okay, well, now I like doing audio engineering. I was like, okay, well, I also like video producing. Like, And it kind of just felt like I was going around in circles. And this was me kind of projecting those feelings because society teaches us like there is a path that you have to take. You choose that one thing and you just do it. But this TED Talk was so eye-opening for me because it made me realize that I, I'm not alone in that there are people who have multiple interests, pursue all of them, and are also successful and thriving. I realized after also reading her book called How to Be Everything, <laughs> um, I, um, <laughs> I realized that the thing that ties all of the things that I am interested in is great storytelling. It like, doesn't really matter whether it's a movie or a book or in music, it's something that I'm passionate about and really love taking in And so for me, a lot of that stemmed from music because that's what I started with. The things that I do now also stem from music because for me, that's like the greatest medium for storytelling. So even the video editing that I'm doing, like I could be doing video editing for um, brands, for social media. That's definitely like a possibility with the skills that I have, but i much rather feel at home and, and feel like my strengths are being utilized within the music industry and within the medium of music. And so, yeah, I think that kind of like was a struggle because I was bombarded with, with so many examples of singular paths. And uh, once I saw that TED Talk, I like knew I had to get her book and like figure out like how how can I make this multi life possible? So, Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say another challenge that I currently have because it's been a, like a long time coming. I've done all these things, but t- this year is the first year that I've actually established myself as a business. And the, the biggest challenge that I'm having is time management because now there's like, I don't have a boss to tell me to go work. And simultaneously, <laughs> I don't have a boss to tell me to stop working. So then I'm in this constant battle with myself to Work every day, but at the same time, make sure that I have time for my own health—not just physical, but also like mental. So, yeah, that's kind of something that I'm I'm going through right now and like learning about.
0: As a multi potentialite, yeah, I love I love that. Um, <laughs> let's get into that. All right. Okay, so for the business side, you have your challenges: time management. As a multi potentialite, having so many interests that you're you're constantly nurturing are there any challenges of maybe compartmentalizing these different talents that you that you uh dive into
2: gotcha yeah I, that's a good question i think for me in my in my brain they are they're all kind of the same and i think that's also what kind of it's kind of like a superpower because when you're being asked by a client to produce a particular thing, whether it's like being a part of the, like the being a video editor or whether it means being the vocal arranger or whatever it might be, whatever cog in the system that you might, that I might be playing. I am like always aware of the other things that are happening. And so Mm -hmm. it gives me a like zoomed out perspective of what my role is for that particular project. And it Mm -hmm. helps me perform my role better because I know all the other things and the other ins and outs so even if it's not me doing the audio mixing, I know how to communicate with other people who are doing that particular thing so that I can tell them, hey, this is what I need for XYZ when I do video editing later. And so being knowledgeable about all the ins and outs of the acapella production process for both audio and video it's not necessarily compartmentalizing, but like, I guess the word would be like synergizing, <laughs> combining cool. everything and like mm. finding the most efficient path for each role and being able to communicate that with, with everyone is actually really, really, it's something that really excites me. <laughs> um, so yeah, hopefully that answers your question.
0: <laughs> oh Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, so we're on the street is you've been working with some literal Grammy winners. Um, Props to you. Um, Yeah, man, props. Like all the props. Um, Can you maybe tell us more about that? And how does one get to collaborate with such folk? Please tell us about your
2: wizardry. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, it all kind of started with, again, being in the acapella scene and having a network of people, but it all kind of starts with the work that you produce on your own as well. So before I even get into the process of how I you know, started working with the creative team at Acapop, I started doing video not long ago, maybe three or four years ago, more professionally and more so on the acapella side of things. And it all started because another group called Impact, they reached out to me and said, hey, we have this rehearsal that we want to film just so we have some content up. And it was super casual. And I was like, okay, like I have my, you know, Canon T2i. It was like the first Canon that even had video. Doesn't even record at the standard 24 frames per second that you're like used to seeing. It was like something way less than that. Anyway... It wasn't that great of <laughs> a camera, so I was just like, okay, let me just like go ahead and do it. And like I did it, I edited it, and you know gave it to them, and they were really happy with the product. Um, and so they started to hire me more for that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, this is actually like pretty fun. And like I said, like this wasn't until later, but I realized that you know great storytelling is what I'm really passionate about above all the things that I am interested in. I realized that I I, I really liked being able to tell a story through the lens. I started to, you know, learn more about composition and started to learn more about editing and everything that, basically everything under the sun (laughs) about video editing, I was like, I need to absorb all of this. Plug me into the matrix and let's go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Plug him in. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so I I did that. And um, again, like worked with a lot of my peers who were looking for visuals for their work. This included people who weren't in acapella. Um, but like independent artists and, you know, kind of built up my chops there. And then my girlfriend, Angela, she mentioned that Acapop was looking for a video editor for music videos. And I was like, okay, well, I have some videos in my portfolio. Like, let me go ahead and send it. What is what is Acapop for folks who don't know exactly what that is? Sure. Acapop Kids is a children's acapella brand under Warner Records. It's produced by the Minds behind Pentatonix, the Grammy Award-winning Pentatonix, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so they emailed me back saying, "Like, hey, like, we would love to see a like thirty-second scope of work. We'll send you some footage from our past shoot, and we want to, you to edit it." And it was, it was me and one other video editor. They were kind of like picking. Um, so I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So I like did my best. It's like this thirty-second clip of this mm-hmm. video. And you can watch it now on YouTube. <laughs> um, it's the uh, Breathe In video from the Akapop YouTube. Yeah, they they said it was like really close, but there was something about my edit that they really liked. So they were like, we'll keep the other video editor in mind, but we want to choose you at least for this video edit. And I was like, cool. Seven videos later, <laughs> um, <laughs> they they never got back to that other video editor. <laughs> um, and, and I'm sure that other video editor is great, but I think one of the things, again, that like really – makes me stand out as a video editor in the acapella world is that it all starts with acapella. I'm intimate with the music style. When they send me footage, raw footage, I ask for the sheet music because I want to know who's singing what when so I can feature them. So it's a musical edit Mm. outside of just being like a dynamic edit for someone who's just a casual viewer who's not an acapella person. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's kind of... Where it is, I know Akapop is looking to ramp up production soon. So I'll be working on some new stuff with them soon as well. <laughs> awesome.
0: Amazing. Yeah.
1: I just want to say I've seen all of the videos that you worked on. Really, really awesome stuff. <laughs> and I can predict that some of those kids are going to be Grammy winners oh, yeah. themselves. Those are really talented children. They are children. very talented. <laughs> like I'm wow. intimidated by them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're so good. They have more talent in their pinky than I could ever have in my for whole life. For real, body. <laughs> like how,
1: how do how do how do they find such talented children?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they uh they they put out uh, a like like a nationwide search for these kids, and they marketed it as like, hey, behind the minds of Pentatonix, we want to create an acapella kids brand. Um, so think Kids Bop, but with Pentatonix stellar like acapella arrangements um but i was actually a part of the um the audition process in la they needed a videographer to shoot the auditions out here in la so i came out and and did that and they basically by the time the kids got to that part of that process they'd already auditioned twice um and like all the kids in the room were like spectacular wow so yeah um Did it
1: make you feel like such a loser to not be as
2: talented as a (laughs) (laughs) 12-year-old? An absolute loser. An absolute loser. (laughs) What am I doing in this industry? (laughs) Um, It's like,
1: okay, let me just leave. You can have my job because you're 30 years ahead of me as an (laughs) 11-year-old. Yeah.
2: (laughs) At this point, I would like to change my answer to post-production, to that last question you had. (laughs)
1: I want to take you back to the moment that you decided, hey, this can work. (laughs) Me existing in this music industry, doing all of what I do, this can work. What would you tell your younger self if you had an opportunity to?
2: This isn't the question, but I probably wouldn't change anything because I feel like Mm -hmm. that's kind of where this question goes is like, would you change anything? I feel like I wouldn't because... I wouldn't be where I am. This is so cliche. This, I wouldn't be where I am mm-hmm. today if I hadn't experienced um, you know, all the successes and all the failures that were along the mm. journey. But something that I would say to my younger self is to continue to make connections, um, continue to make art, and rinse and repeat. And like, don't really focus on outside things and just focus on what you really like to do and focus on doing it because you have something. There's something there. Just keep digging at it. And one thing I want to mention too is, th- I think the thing with success in this industry is it's a little bit strange because you're tip. You typically see in other career paths that it is like it's something that you move forward in, or it's like a ladder that you have to climb. But when it comes to the music industry. It's more like a cycle and you kind of have, you have a project or an idea and you like work on it and then you mold it and then you shape it until, you know, you've cried all the tears and you're finally happy with it. And then you just like release it out to the world and then you do it again. It's not really like moving forward or climbing a ladder. It's you just continue to make work and then you continue to do different types of work. And so, what I would tell myself, my younger self, is that success is going to look different than what you're seeing. It's going to be a cycle. It's going to be something that you're constantly doing over and over. And at times it may feel like you're not moving forward or you're not succeeding, but this is actually what success looks like. You're continuing to make art and you... Once you're done with that project or that song or that mix or that video, you do it again. And you keep doing it and you keep getting better and you learn from it. And it's just a constant cycle. Um, keep doing what you're doing and you'll be great mm. at it. <laughs> Whoa.
1: What were some of the projects that you shed the most happy tears for?
2: Oh, man. Oh, what a good question. Um, I really enjoyed creating the 44B um, debut EP. It is something that I still listen to. A lot of it for nostalgia, but also when I do listen to it, a lot of it was some of my greatest work as an arranger and also as an audio engineer. When I think of it, it also reminds me of the people like you, Dustin, the people that I sang it with. And it just brings me like the happiest memories of making music with friends. Not just music, but really making something that we were like all proud of. That's definitely one.
1: (laughs) Um, Great, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Very sweet. I too had very fond memories <laughs> of working on on that with you.
2: Yeah, and then and then some of them are actually like like gigs. Some of them are like actual performances because you know, these stories and music like they don't happen in post-production. As much as I love doing post-production, they all happen live. They all happen in the room. And so one of my favorite performances actually that I've been able to do is um I Got to beatbox for gabe bondock's hotel cafe set years ago and i don't know if gabe knows this because i was just like you know too scared to be such a fanboy but honestly like a, a lot of his music like really influenced me early on influences a lot of my stylistic choices when it comes to acapella arranging as well and to have the opportunity to actually be you know perform with one of my musical heroes, that is a performance that I also think about fondly. And not only did I get to do it with Gabe, I also got to do it with Glenn, who is like a long time like mentor and friend. And we called we called ourselves the three G's. <laughs> uh, and it was super <laughs> corny, but I like loved every minute of it. I would do it again in a heartbeat. But yeah, it was such a great experience. And not only that, all the other performers that night were all like all of the artists in my high school iTunes playlist, like Jeremy Passion, Melissa Polinar. And it was just like a stacked event. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm I'm right here. Like I'm 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 on stage here. And yeah, it was just a surreal like moment for me. And it's by far one of my favorite performances that i've ever um done wow (laughs) dang
0: that's awesome thank you for sharing your seasons and experiences (laughs) with
2: us yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. that's such a nice
0: story
1: are there any projects that you're working on right now that you're particularly excited about debuting? Or are there any organizations that you're working with that you're particularly excited about?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I am currently a part of a social justice coalition called Colors of the World Coalition, where we discuss social issues. But what makes it unique is that a lot of us are creatives and so we also try to brainstorm how we can use our art and our platform to Make change. So far, we've done two panels. First panel, we've talked about hearing Black stories in the entertainment industry. um, And the second panel that we had was actually about colorism. And so, yeah, especially during this pandemic, we've kind of been forced to see the systems at play. Uh, If we haven't seen it before, like everyone is aware of it now. And we're all kind of dealing with trauma collectively. And so, what I love about this project is that not only are we talking about change, but we're also talking about how, as we cre- ha- how as creatives, we can make change as well. But also the the people there are—it's such a diverse group, and it's—and they're all really fun to hang out with. Like, like we all vibe, which is really cool. And yeah, that's not something that I would say um, I thought would happen in twenty twenty. Uh, at least being in the pandemic is like meeting new people and actually. You know, making new friends online, strictly online, because we can't we can't meet with anyone, and also like making change together. Um, we have a YouTube channel um, premiering soon that will feature those two panels as well as some other entertaining content. So please check that out.
1: Where can people learn more about Colors of the World, or how can folks get involved?
2: Sure, um, you can. Find us primarily right now through Instagram. So that is Colors of the World Co C O, um, and you can follow us there. Once we have more things up and running, you'll probably find those updates through that Instagram.
0: Awesome, cool. cool. So <clears throat> I am an a cappella group, and <laughs> I really want to make a dope video with my pals. And I want you to be our videographer, director, uh. extraordinaire. <laughs> How do we get a hold of you?
2: Sure. Um, you can visit my website. Um, it is GraysonV.me. Uh, you can email me at hello at GraysonV.me. Or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at GraysonV.me. <laughs> Check them out. Follow them and all the things. Go. Go <laughs> now. Do it. Now,
1: do it immediately. <laughs> you can turn off the podcast. Just kidding. Don't turn off the podcast. Wait, There's still a little bit just more. Wait a second. <laughs> just wait. Okay, so Grayson, final question. What's put a smile on your face lately?
2: Oh, um, actually, I already mentioned this, but um, it's been the Colors of the World Coalition. And aside from what feel, what may feel like work, there is a lot of joy in it. There's a lot of joy in knowing that what we're trying to do is we're trying to make change. And I think when this quarantine started, I really wanted to make change and be active with my voice on social media um, and my voice in calling officials. Um, but I started to get to a point where I was like, how can I use my skills and talents for, for this cause? And I was so glad to have found this coalition because... I really have been able to, you know, use my video editing to, to help spruce up some of the panels that we've had, um, and also like be able to just utilize my skills as a creative. It's really nice knowing that I'm making change again, like with with my peers who are also my friends. Um, also, lots of video gaming, Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for well, having thank me.
0: Thank you for <laughs> being here and for sharing all of your wonderful stories and experiences. And again, I love the seasons of your <laughs> your um, artistic journey. And uh, we appreciate you, Grayson. Thank you so much for joining us. A woo-woo. Woo. Uh, this one. <laughs> A woo-woo. A woo-woo. Everybody. <laughs> This was Grayson <laughs> Villanueva.
2: Yay! Yay. We did it. Yay. Thanks, y'all.
0: I'm very glad that we know a future Grammy winner. <laughs> That's you, Grayson! That's you, sir! Just throwing that out into the universe.
1: Speak truth into existence. Speak it. Do it.
0: Speak it. Let's talk about our future Grammy Award winner and um, As I listen back to this episode, the big thing that keeps jumping out at me is this idea of success and how we measure success. And I know that this is going to be something that we're going to talk about. I mean, we've already talked about redefining success with Rose and Jennifer in their episode. And as we continue on with uh, many of our guests, I know that this is going to be a common theme. But like. Grayson mentioned, we grow up learning that there should be a singular path within our careers and ultimately our success. But I love how he is someone that is challenging that notion. And as an artist and a storyteller, he's leaning into the things that are authentically him and to Mm. me in my eyes and something that i personally value i see success as exactly that just being authentically you if you can if you can shoo away all of the things in this world that tell us not to be ourselves Mm -hmm. and you are just you and you're leaning into your strengths and you're leaning into who you are that to me is the ultimate success
1: I think a lot of people are still trying to learn to just be authentically themselves. Mhm. I'm still trying to do that myself. Oh, for
0: too. sure, me too. But mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. what is life then, you know? How successful mm-hmm. are you um if you can't just be you? And yeah, absolutely. Like this is going to be an ongoing journey. I feel until we reach our final days as humans on this earth, but True. And well, what about you? What What are your immediate thoughts about this interview, Dustin?
1: I'm kind of envious of him in some ways. He is a little bit younger than me. A lot of his aspirations were some of my aspirations when I was younger. But when I was younger, and when I was dreaming of doing music or anything creative, I didn't really have any role models Mm. to believe that being a creative person was a legitimate career path for at least Filipinos in America, so... It's great that Grayson exists today for other people who might have felt that way too. Yeah. The difference between the two of us, I think, is he had, he had the guts and the work ethic to really go for his dreams.
0: Well, you can, you can switch that up, Boo. I believe in you. Oh, true. I believe in you. It's not too late. It's not too late. Um, but yes. Can we talk about his work ethic for a quick sec, okay? Yeah. Um, this Grayson Villanueva has the incredible initiative to learn everything it takes to get the job done, which I feel that kind of commitment to learn and to, to have that initiative is hard to come by.
1: Yeah. Can I share something with you?
0: Absolutely.
1: And we didn't really touch on this in the, the interview in this episode, but Grayson did not actually go to school for music or audio engineering. Mm. He he has a degree in cognitive psychology. Well, there you go. Wow. There you go. Which I think he does use because he understands how people operate and he understands how to communicate with folks. Mm. So I think that's that's one of the reasons why he's so successful at building connections in the industry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in terms of like the technical skills and his musicianship, for the most part, he's truly self-taught. And wow. I think that says a lot about how much he loves his work and how much he loves acapella music.
0: Beautiful. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. I want to also get your thoughts on something that he talked about that touches on this idea of just mm. doing a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and it's this idea of being a multi-potentialite. Mm-hmm. Before the interview, did you know that that term existed?
0: No. So I'm really glad that he brought that up in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And now that we have, a, we can put a name to this, I feel like my life makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do think that maybe... I could be a multi potentialite in some ways. I know that I personally have always had a struggle between like music and acting and like my, mm-hmm. my medium of storytelling. So it's like, ooh, I, I want to do music and uh, I want to do theater. Do I want to do musical theater only? I don't know, but just like that. And at one point, Boo, mm. I was actually thinking about going to culinary school. <gasps> Um, because I love to cook and I feel like I've always kind of had this, You know, like, I, I feel like I've had a lot of intuitive moments in the kitchen, you know, and that I- That makes
1: so much sense. Like, now that you said that out loud, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me.
0: Yeah. And it's like, there's always like this feeling of like, ah, oh, there's so many things that I want to do. Like, even teaching. Mm-hmm. Teaching, I think, is part of my, the fabric of my being, but so is singing and so is acting and so is cooking and it's like all these things that i want to do and and pursue at some points very much equally in my life Mm. this just makes me think about how how do we identify multi-potentialites when we're younger
1: it would be really cool if there were any teachers or schools already doing that sort of thing and if you're listening to this podcast let us know how that's going yeah let us know how you're fostering those little those multi potential little kids. Those multi-potential littles. multipotential
0: <laughs> yeah. Multi-potential littles. Oh. <laughs> 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 if that isn't cute, I don't know what else is. Mutent- <laughs> multi-potential littles. It's very cute. Yeah. Also makes me think of chicken littles from <laughs> KFC. Uh- and I... Used to love, um, <laughs> KFC, uh, chicken littles. They don't make them how they used to, but they're still. Wait, added.
1: what are chicken littles at KFC? Oh,
0: <gasps> it's like, it wasn't back in the day. I don't know if it was a biscuit. It was like kind of a biscuit, but not really. And then they would put like a little fried chicken filet. Um, and then they put mayonnaise, like a ton of mayonnaise. But anyway, wow, that is like super crazy tangent. Let's. Get back That's on okay. Track. I feel like it's on.
1: I th- I feel like it's on brand for you.
0: <laughs> <Totes>. <laughs> That's but, true. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I I do. I definitely do think it's important to pay attention to how can we encourage our kids to trust themselves and what lives inside of them. I hope, hope, hope we can be the generation of moms of dads, of aunties and uncles and educators and and all of that who keep guiding our kids now to love who they are and what they can do. And that makes me think about Grayson's mom. (laughs) Um, Uh, Hi, auntie. Hi, auntie. (laughs) And how she is showing that she... It's starting to really understand him and his journey. And I just loved how sweet it was that she sent him job applications to those video editing gigs. Because, like, that was her way of, like, showing, like, hey, son, like, I get you. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of connections we need.
1: Yeah, I felt that a lot, too. It hit me. It hit me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Any any other final thoughts as we close out, Boo?
1: Yeah. Y'all need to keep an eye out for Grayson because he's doing big things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He just had a feature recently in Voyage LA, which is like an online magazine. And he's doing more um, in the near future with Warner Records and Aka Pop Kids. Um, he's got a new music video out mm-hmm. that um, y'all got to check out. It's it fire. Is, he, it's fire. He did a lo-fi version Of watermelon sugar by Harry Styles, and it's good. Y'all need to check that out.
0: It's very, it's very good.
1: And also, as we like teased a little bit in the actual interview, the acapella group that me and Grayson are in, (gasps) Forty Four B, we got a little something, something that's coming out. So keep an eye out for that. And he's doing a lot with his social advocacy group, Colors of the World. So he's truly, truly a busy and talented guy much respect so much Much respect respect
0: thank you grayson for coming on the show we love and appreciate you and we are here cheering you on in all of your incredible endeavors dude love ya love ya love ya love ya love ya ya. (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: okay okay lauren (laughs) (laughs) lauren hill (laughs) no. <laughs> make sure to subscribe to me search wherever you listen to podcasts find new episodes on the first and third wednesday every month check us out at me and
0: find us on social media at me search podcast
1: me search is produced and hosted by dustin domingo and crystal Tugatti.
0: editing by dustin domingo special thanks to our guest grayson villanueva Follow him at GraysonV.me. Check out Colors of the World on social media at Colors of the World Co. That's Colors of the World C-O. And listen to some acapella jams at AcapopKids.com.
1: Shoutouts to all our friends and family giving this podcast a shot. We'll catch you all at the next episode. We're gonna get to the bottom of things this is me search folks
0: it sure is see you later <laughs> <Heck> you <yeah. laughs>